This episode is brought to you by PodTrack. They're not paying me with money or anything like that, but it's what we use in class to monitor our stats, and since they have kind of somewhat, I guess, uh, accurate statistical listener records and whatnot like that, uh, we use them for our assignments to see how many people listened, where they listened, and what uh, device slash program they had listened with. That's PodTrack. Go find them if you want. Use them. I don't care. Thank you. This has been the unpaid sponsor of this um, episode. Moving on to the episode now. Thank you. Episode 6 of the Homegrown Filmmaking Podcast. It will possibly be the last podcast because it's all I have to do for the class that I'm in. I may or may not continue during the summer on my own if I feel like it, if I find I have the time or the just want to to do things, or if people show me positive feedback, say, hey, I like your stuff, please keep making things, then I'll try to keep making things. I have my own microphones and stuff, so I can do that. Well, this week, we are getting back on the topic of short films. Uh, One month ago would be two episodes ago, which is episode four. I started on the pre-production of short films. I talked about writing, finding actors, locations, all that stuff you need to take care of before you actually shoot your short film. And so this week, we are moving on to the actual production and post-production. I almost messed that up. So... To start, we are on production. Production is the actual shooting and recording of everything you need to assemble it later. So you're going to shoot video, all your scenes, all that stuff, and you're going to record your audio, on-set dialogue, your foley and sound effects, and your music and whatnot. So to start production, you have a scene, get everything set up, you have your actors and your locations, everyone's organized, they're there, the crew's there. If you have a crew, that is. If you're by yourself, then you are the crew, and good luck. So, everything's set up. You have the scene set up. You hit record. You have, I mean, you do your sort of cinematography, which is getting your shots set up right. You have your lights set up right how you need them. If you're outside using natural light, that's great, too. I did that a little bit for mine. I really only used one or two lights inside, So the outside scenes, I do like them better because the natural light, I enjoy natural light. But you have all that set up. You record your scenes in an orderly fashion. doesn't have to be in the same order that you wrote it in the script. It's You record it however it's easiest to set everything up. So for an example, you have a scene at a table. Two people are talking. You could do the whole scene from one side with all the lights on one person that the camera is on. Do all that. Then you could switch it to the other side, do the same thing. And then maybe if you have a master shot, you could set up the lights for your master shot, get everyone lit nice and well, and do all that. Even though it's not how it's recorded, you don't want to flip back and forth and have to change stuff a lot. Whatever is easiest and most efficient will do the best. So, shooting scenes is almost as simple as that. Eh, it is, but it's not. It depends on the scene, honestly. If you have lots of action, you're following people, and 
you have to hit certain cues as a cameraman even or just get the right microphone position to get good dialogue that's all included all included as well so next i'm just going to talk about dialogue for a little bit capturing dialogue in the sound design episode we talked about on location sound and this is where that comes into play you have um, usually a boom mic or you can have lav mics any type of mic that can catch dialogue in your scene you have that set up appropriately record it when people are talking in a scene and make sure to get good dialogue as well as good video please so after you shoot your scenes and you've gotten your dialogue and whatnot if you have any post not post sorry that's later still production you have maybe you want to record some uh, sounds on set some foley sounds or sound effects you can do that before or after you actually shoot a scene you can go through open doors, get the creaking doors, slide drawers around, move things around, smaller things around, do that stuff while you're on location and get those sounds so they're more natural. Some people have Foley labs and they can recreate, recreate sounds perfectly fine like that. Good for them. I don't. So I try to use the actual location in which I shot and the props and other things that are in the scene that are actually used. To create sound so it's that actual object making an, an actual sound even though it's not right when um, it was recorded with the video the scene was recorded but it actually it sounds better to me so I'll just kind of walk around with my audio recorder and point it at things and record sounds so production I shot my little short film by myself I was my own crew and I was an actor in it so it was a little difficult at times but for the most part it wasn't crazy hard the hardest part was if I was doing a scene with myself I had to try to set up the shot and go sit down or do something and try to look at it and see if it was good or take a picture as a reference and look at it and then adjust from there I couldn't I didn't really have any stand-ins at the time so I had to do that that was the hardest part for me and then I'm not a great actor, so I probably held myself back with acting, but either way, no one in the my little movie was great at acting, and so it's probably going to be eh, but at least I've made something. So that's what counts, is that I've tried. Production is kind of short, especially if you schedule it properly. You just kind of bust out everything, shoot everything. And what's next is probably longer than po than production, which is post-production. But first, I sat down with Sir Charles Crane, and he is going to tell us about some stuff that he's been involved with as far as the production of short films slash commercial slash in just a production. And here that is... Charlie, you can introduce yourself well, if you want to. I actually like to go by Charles. But okay, Charles. It's okay. Everyone already knows me as Charlie, so it kind of just... Is that your adult name, Charles? Yeah. Well, I mean, like when people intro introduce me, they always say, hey, this is Charlie. Without me being able to be like, hey, I'm Charles. I stick my hand out and I go, Charles. And then like, yeah, Charlie. And I'm like, well, well dang it. Now there it goes. First now, impressions. Yeah, and then lost. I'm known by Charlie from now on. I'm like 22 years old. I'm trying to go by and... 
more adult name. Okay. So. Well, Charles Crane. Thank you. What do you do, Charles Crane? Okay, so I was a behind-the-scenes director for a short film called Split Second, um, and it was I was helping my brother-in-law. He just graduated from Full Sail University nice. down in Florida, the big Ooh. university for film, um, and he needed help with just recording everything that happens when they're not filming or even when they are filming mm-hmm. like the extras and stuff or the PAs and whatnot. So at least for that, all I did was take my camera and my mic and just walk around and uh, whenever they weren't shooting, interview people just on the spot. Like, hey, what's going on? How's it going? Are you excited? Uh, like on the first day mm-hmm. and then throughout the other days of filming, be like, how does this day compare to the other ones or something like that? I had to edit all my stuff for that though. So, oh, yeah. How long was it? Oh, man. I mean, Split Second was only like, I don't know, 15 minutes long, maybe maybe longer than that. So, I don't know, three, four, five minutes. Three okay. to five minutes is my thing. It was very fast. So, um, the name makes it sound like it's fast. Yeah. What kind of? Is it, it, was, it like an action? It was like a cop drama okay. or something. It was uh, very interesting, actually. Um, I, was, I didn't write or a producer or anything like that. I was just there to help. I was basically a PA. And then he was like, hey, you want to be behind the scenes director? And I was like, okay. okay. So, but as a PA you. and stuff, you know, uh, we filmed in my, where uh, we moved to, we moved from Atlanta to Rogers, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I would say one of the biggest parts was trying to find location to go film it at because uh, that was really hard to do. Because we wanted to film in a downtown uh, Rogers but we'd have to ask all these businesses, like, hey, is it okay if we block off the intersection or whatever? Yeah. Then we had to talk to the city. Then we had to talk to the police department and all this other stuff and be like, hey, this is where we're going to film. Is that okay? And they're like, oh, yeah, you like a big budget? And we're like, nope. Nope. This is just a <laughs> short, uh, small uh, short film from kids who just graduated from a film school. So I would say location was, like, the biggest thing that we did. And then we did a casting call. We had a bunch of people from around Rogers come in, and we actually, the main actor was from Louisiana. I don't even know how they got him, because he wasn't like a a friend at their university. He was just straight up like, he came up from Louisiana and uh, filmed it, and now he's in all their other stuff. They work on, I mean, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but like commercials now, like Mm -hmm. commercials you've definitely seen, Um, and he's in a lot of those with them so I don't know if that was his like hey it's my last chance to do something to do, yeah, yeah get a job acting right. and it was unpaid as well oh. it was not a paid uh, role I guess it was just to get the name out yeah. of the person so and he did a great job but I don't like location casting call other than the basic PA stuff that was uh, all that we did well you know whatever you can think of lighting and boom mics all that type of stuff. What, so. what was the hardest part of actually filming? Um, I think switching locations, probably, actually. Like tearing down, setting up everything, and getting yeah. everything ready. And then, um, like, lunch breaks or food breaks, I guess, because it was really hot when we did it, like 80 degrees, because it was in the middle of summer in Arkansas. And so... 
after lunch happens or breakfast or something, everyone's already so tired because it's mm-hmm. super hot. And then they get food inside. And then they of get them. food and they get water and then they like relax and they chill out and they're like, yep, I don't want to film anymore. So then all the production care, I guess, mm-hmm. goes away. Sort of. And then little, people yeah. care a little bit less. They're like, I just want to get over it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you have to get the director to, you know, Sh- like get everybody up and he's only like 22 years old and everyone doesn't want to listen to him or mm-hmm. and no one's getting or at least the actors i think were not getting paid pas got paid yeah but uh yeah so that was the hard part it was just like everyone's relaxed it's super hot and then you so you're to trying get to get things there. done but it's like yes it's slow oh yeah that was the thing time constraints like we only had this type of or this location for a certain for, amount of time yeah yeah and so you'd have to get it done and then if you have someone who really wants the shots that they want and they can't like make do with what they have uh that'll be difficult as well because like he's a great director and stuff but there's a few shots that he really really wanted and we're like oh dude we don't have time yeah it's like we'll be fine and so then it pushes all your entire schedule back and then you have people who are in high school who have jobs yeah so like like, oh we have to leave and then i didn't have a job i was in college and it was the summertime so i came back for summer and so i was left to do more like way more than Mm -hmm. they were because they had to leave but uh, that's what that's the brother-in-law discount, I guess. The brother-in-law so, discount. Yeah. What else we got about production? Because I mean, all all production is just basically shooting, getting yeah, things done. Yeah. Uh, pre-production was all the location casting calls. Post-production, I didn't really help out with all that stuff. Um, I the only post-production I did was my own behind the scenes, mm-hmm. whatnot, and then I sent in my edited videos and then i think he re-edited and they cut in what they want and all that stuff and then they put it in the menu like hey this is what it looked like behind the Mm -hmm. scenes um yeah i didn't really do much post-production just because i was not on the creative team yeah so that that was all them i wasn't i wasn't was that the first one you were on that was the first one I was What on. about the second one is it similar better worse uh the second one was way more like I was straight up a PA, and uh, it was it was for a commercial, um, not a short film, and all I did was lift things. And lift and move stuff? Yeah, lift and move stuff. Uh, it was like a commercial slash short film. Yeah. It's kind of like those live action. Sort of like a narrative commercial yeah, type of thing. Like the live action video game trailer stuff. Mm-hmm. That's basically what it was. Oh, actually, yeah, for that one, um, we went inside of his basement and he has a recording booth. And so me and my sister and him and a few other people had to do audio dub recording. Yeah. So, like, we had the script in our hands, and then he'd be like, okay, go now. And so we'd have to yell, uh, like, at the top of our lungs, and we had people upstairs, and they're like, what the hell? What's going on? Because it was some it was some pretty uh, intense stuff. So, But uh, we did some audio dub recording, and then I think that's about it, just by, besides lifting stuff. For, for production. Pre-production, I wasn't involved in that at all. Yeah. That was all them. Them and then the other company that helped them out. So I just did audio dev recording. You can hear it, too, if you oh, look yeah. on YouTube. I'm not going to tell you what it is. So Why not? Because I like uh, the adventure. You guys got to find it. Okay. I'll get you to tell me off off camera, off camera and off mic. Like a good idea. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you, Charles Crane, thank for you. being on my podcast. Thank you for letting me be on your podcast. Thanks. Goodbye, universe. Goodbye, people. Bye. Thank you. We will be back shortly after this message from our sponsor. 
This episode is brought to you by Homegrown Filmmaking. It's a YouTube channel and a podcast that you're listening to right now. You can learn filmmaking things and do other stuff with that. And feel free to comment and find this homegrown filmmaking uh, person slash people slash person actually on Twitter at Homegrown Films and tweet at this person and give them suggestions and or just feedback on anything or just say hello. Thank you. This has been a meta sponsor ship type thing. Moving on to post-production. Post-production is organizing all the stuff that you've shot, your video, audio, and everything you've recorded, and putting it into one cohesive thing slash video. So you take your video, take a scene, take the shots in that scene. You might have a particular order that you want it to be in. You can put it in that order, or you can just sort of put them on top of each other and then cut to different ones that you like. Whatever works, it depends on what you're going for. Also, your audio, your dialogue tracks, you will have them edited to where they sound nice, get rid of noise and whatnot. Put those on so they match up with the the video track, so your speech is lined up with the person's mouth that is talking. That sounds good. Uh, put in your room tone, your your whole sound design, stick all of that in. So room tone, any Foley sound effects, you stick that in. Now things are starting to look and sound real, like they actually happen, and not like they are being looked at through a camera and heard through speakers and headphones. Editing is, it's hard, it's not hard to do, but it's hard to do well. Like anybody can cut up clips and put them together and be like, this happened and this happened and this is a different shot. But putting them together in a nice way to where it can actually add meaning and be add like subjectiveness to something and really sort of have storytelling through editing, that's actually really hard. And I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to learn that myself. I'm, I'm a lot better than what I was even a year ago, but I'm still nowhere near where I need to be for like actually good storytelling and whatnot through editing. So I would say to learn editing, there are tons of videos on YouTube about editing. I'm not a master editor, so refer to them, honestly. Um, but you can change a lot through editing. Like there are shots, you can take shots of one scene and you can edit them in many different ways to give off different emotions or just ideas in general. Whatever movie you're trying to make, take the genre and the tone you're going to go for, even for the scene or whatever, and try to fix it to that through the pacing of your shots, the timing and the pacing of your shots, how long do you hold on certain shots, when do you cut to different shots, or do you cut or do you use a camera movement? That would probably be decided in productions, because you can't just add a camera movement to a shot that doesn't have a camera movement work on that, that's cinematography as well, but another thing is color, colors are pretty big, um, color grading is a really important part of production, that's why a lot of people, including myself, shoot really, really flat profiles in their camera, so it's almost grayish, there's no, like, contrast or anything like that, so then afterwards when you do post-production, you can have more, uh, better manipulation with the colors in post 
I just use the Lumetri color on Premiere Pro. It works perfectly fine for me. You can import LUTs. People like LUTs. Forgot what LUTs stand for, but they're basically like they're like the Instagram filters for video, except for there's no negative connotations with it because they're great. They're not just Instagram filters. Moving on, color and editing. Use it to your advantage as well as your timing and pacing of scenes. Just putting everything together. It's hard to explain over a microphone without showing, but try to think how would it play out in your head if it were a movie that was already made by some great filmmaker and try to recreate that idea through your own editing. Have other people watch it and say like, oh, that was weird that you held on that shot so long. I don't know why this was awkward or maybe you could change this and then you can re-edit it and do just a get everything in there, all video, all sound, music, put it together, export it, and then stick it on the internet for people to see and share it with all your family and friends and be done with it and move on to the next one. This has been short films. How do, how do you do it? How do you make one? I don't know. Just make one, honestly. Thank you. This has been the Homegrown Filmmaking Podcast.